You can be addicted to being depressed. You can be addicted to being unhappy. You can be addicted to anger because that's your natural state of being. You've been that way for so long. It's natural for you to be that way. Do you understand what I mean? Edo, welcome to another edition of the No Choftes podcast on the OLB. Don't forget to hit that like button, that subscribe button. Tell your Nuna you should know all of that good stuff by now. Now, it's been a bit of a sad start to the week for us. Um, we lost yesterday, as you guys are probably aware. But I'm trying to remain upbeat. Everyone's trying to remain upbeat. We had a, a good interview with uh, Costas Babalobulos from Prime Tell earlier on today. We interviewed Chris Dixon. That's coming out on Friday. And uh, we have got, well, uh, a number one best-selling author, mindset coach, someone who can do everything. She's like the Swiss army knife of of everything, really. Mimi Bland, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm fine. Thank you so much. What a great introduction. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. As I said, feeling a little bit down. Not a, not a good result last night with the football. But hey, listen, as I said, I'm just trying to remain positive. All the fans are remaining positive. We can turn things around. Why not? Exactly. Exactly. Is anyone way to go and that's up, that's for sure. 100%. 100%. Well, look, tell me, uh, well, first of all, congratulations on the book. The guys can't see it because Thank I've you. got this thing in the background and everything just looks all like, see, look, and here, here it is. Can you see it? <laughs> really slowly there. See, yeah, yeah. I can see it. I can see it. Yeah. So how, it. how does it feel to be a number one international best-selling author? Yeah, it's good. I, I wrote the book. I just wanted to write something that was really simple that people could understand. Um, there's so many books out there, but they're so they're so wordy and you just lose yourself in it. So I wanted like a practical ABC so people could understand how their mind and their thoughts and their emotions create their situations. So it was more like a, you, know, you can get those like uh, do-it-yourself dummy type books. So it was, it's a very easy read for people and a very small book as well. So that was the intention behind it, really. Now, what has brought all of this on? And, and the reason why I ask this, and you probably, you've probably been asked this a million times before, but I know people who haven't really studied, they've, uh, they've had previous jobs, but then all of a sudden they've got an Eventbrite page and they're motivational speakers. And I'm thinking, what, 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 how? But you've followed every single path, haven't you? So you you know what you're talking about. So where did it all start for you? Well, for me personally, it was like I had a lot of issues myself. I had a lot of abuse and a lot of issues growing up and, and throughout my whole life. And then I had um, bulimia. I had a lot of issues. So I tried a lot of different modalities, meaning like I tried hypnotherapy, life coaches, loads of different things, but they didn't actually, they didn't actually work for me as in it would be a very short term fix. So I would come out feeling good for a little while and then I'd go straight back into a pattern. So um, I really sort of like, I trained in everything. I trained in NLP, life coaching, emotional freedom technique, Reiki, you name it, I'd done it all. But it, it, there was still stuff missing for me. So I really wanted to know how our minds create things. You know, how could, how how does it work? What you know, who are we inside of this this body, and how does it affect every area of our lives? You know, why do some people heal? Why do some people not? I wanted to know everything. So I went on a twenty-five year. Well, really, it's my whole life. I'm obsessed with it. I just study morning, noon, and night. But it's um, I'm just really passionate about it. So mm -hmm. that's where it began, really, and uh, where it's going to end. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, a lot of people ask me, well, what, what's the point of doing this actual podcast? Um, and the answer is pretty simple. 
I started doing videos on Instagram with regards to the club that I support in Cyprus. And over the, over the past year and a half, it's gathered a lot of traction. But people have told me that they admire the positivity because in Cyprus, in football, you've got a lot of cynical people, a lot of people that are very impatient. They're very quick to jump on the manager's back. They want the manager sacked. They want players sacked, etc., etc. There's not much patience and there isn't much positivity. And with the club that I support, there's been financial issues. There's been lots of issues down the line. But I started doing these videos and people started jumping on and saying, this is, this is fantastic. I've had messages from coaches, from the players. And in a way, it's helped. Now, I wanted to get you on because you know, you know about minds and emotions and how people react to certain situations. And obviously, football and many sports, not just football, there are people such as yourselves are being employed to talk yeah. to, to athletes. So have you ever been yeah. involved in something like this? Yeah, I mean, I've worked with some international, I've worked with footballers, I've worked with a few golfers, I've worked with lots of different sporting professions and all people from all different work, you know, different walks of life. At the end of the day, it all comes down to the same thing. The answer is you. Every single situation comes from yourself and from your mind, everything does. There's nothing external that you know we think it's something outside of us that has to change and it isn't everything has to be changed inside and then your external changes but we're not taught that so it's very difficult for people to actually understand that so it's a reverse of what we've actually been taught at school and I think because we're not taught the foundations of who we are how we how we create things and how our mind and body works we always think that it's something that's happening outside of us or it's because of, you know, we're always reacting to something, but we don't have an understanding of why we're reacting, you know, and if we had that foundation, then we could understand things a lot better and then go do the internal changes. So. So what's the most common thing a sports person? Yeah, yeah, of course. But what, so what's the most common thing a sports person has told you about themselves or about their career? Is it, is it a fear factor? What is it? No, I think it's like it's like anything, like when you go to do something, you can prepare for something. And then as you step in to do something, then your brain starts starts talking to you. So it's that voice in your head that's like overthinks, overanalyzes. You start talking to yourself negatively. So you completely lose your momentum and you just lose your focus and you lose, you know, all um, you, you, you lose. The, the, the objective of what you're actually trying to, to do. And then you sort of like start sabotaging yourself so a lot of it's self-talk a lot of it's negative emotions that come up because every single thing of that it, it's, it's chemicals that you release inside your body so it completely disrupts your game it can put, completely put you off your focus and everything else so sometimes you'll see a really good um, golfer that's having an amazing uh, you know an amazing tournament and there's others that are really high up that just that are just losing it because they've lost the whole concentration, their focus isn't where it needs to go. And they're, they're just like, you know, their focus could be on something completely different. They, so everything's a state of being, you have to get your state of being, your mind, your body, your emotions, all aligned up and very focused in the direction you're going. Because if one's out, then it pushes everything else out as well. So what techniques would you recommend? Because obviously this isn't a quick fix. This isn't one of those things where you can, a footballer can go on the pitch, they'll have a bad game. They'll get all sorts of abuse on social media. They'll get slaughtered by their manager. They might go home and then their wife might be pissed off with them for whatever reason. How do they yeah. get back into that sense of being, that sense of positivity? It's a difficult thing, isn't it? 
Yeah, it is. And, and people use, say, positivity. Positivity is not really what it is. Positive thinking, it doesn't really last. It's just positive thinking. But it's about really reprogramming yourself. It's about learning how to, um, to master yourself, really, master your mind and emotions and pre-paving. So you're preparing yourself in advance for situations that are going to come up. So it's about sort of like starting with awareness of like because we're all programmed from conditions from birth so we're, we're literally just a, a walking program of anything that's happened to us what we've seen heard and felt from children and even though we think it might be the football player or the manager or the wife it really hasn't got a lot to do with them it's got to do with the emotions that you're carrying from a child or you know things that have happened to you that you've observed and you've um, you know you've, you've created a little program about it so that's why it's very important for you to develop awareness because when you have awareness you can understand your triggers you can understand the feelings that you feel when things are happening you can bring yourself back quicker so it's about learning how to um, shorten the refractory period which means the emotional response to something so you can get back in control of it rather than it controlling you so instead of it, you being um, like the external conditions uh, you're responding to them you're actually in control of them so you can see when you're going to get triggered and you can do your breathing you can bring yourself back and stay in the present moment because that's the key because otherwise you're always thinking in the past or you're always thinking about how things used to be and you're factoring in all the negative things or you can you know you learn to stay in the present moment where all your power is and you refocus and then you get back in control of yourself so that's where it all is really so it's about starting with an awareness of, of you know of what's triggering you and your emotions and things so would you say that's more like a an unconscious kind of being rather than a conscious Definitely, everything's subconscious. You know, like we, 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 you know, we think, and um, you know, with our wishes and dreams and things, we would think with our conscious mind. But ninety-five percent is everything is subconscious, and that's what we don't understand. So it's the subconscious programs that make us react and everything. That's why you have to have a very, very clear vision. You have to have clarity uh, to know exactly what you want in life. Because once you've got that clarity then you've got that focus, then that's what gives you the drive. So you're always focusing on that. Otherwise, you're always being triggered to past emotions, which drag you back to past feelings, which you then bring into your present situation. And then your future, you're just going to create more of the same as what you've always experienced because you're the same person, basically. So it's about really defining who you want to be what, what um, characteristics you want to have, like if you want to be more confident, if you feel like you need to, um, like especially if you want to do football or if you want to do golf or something like that, you know, how would a professional footballer feel? You know, how would you, what sort of beliefs would you have to have? How would you feel? How would you think? You know, how, what behaviours would you develop? So it's about developing a whole new state of being, basically, and then stepping into that person and becoming that person. So, you know, it's about retraining yourself, really. And you don't, you don't retrain, if you go to the gym, you don't get an eight pack in one day. It takes time. And it's the same with your mind. You have to learn to train your mind to work for you rather than you just responding to it all the time. So it's a training. It's a discipline, you know. So effectively, in, in, a, in a term that I can understand from what you just said it's almost as if you're having to create a clone of yourself like an invisible clone and just pop in every single uh negative i want to say negative emotion things that happened in the past and just shove them to one side and just keep everything with you now that you that you need if that makes sense yeah well you don't you can't push emotions to the side that's where people get into trouble that's why they always have that feeling or they always have that emptiness that's why people turn to drink or uh, to, uh, to have you know over sex or 
too much food because they have an emotion that they're not addressing and they're always trying to suppress it. That's why when you have a feeling that comes up, you've got to learn just to be able to be present with it and just to understand it's just something, it's just it, feelings, of, emotions are just vibration. They're just energy in your body that needs to be released. So you just feel it, don't overanalyze it. That's why people start going into like, why am I feeling this way? And then they start thinking about it and they make it worse. So you just feel it, acknowledge it and just breathe and just let it go. But basically, like it, it's only if you have a problem. So if your life is hunky dory and you know you're very successful at work and you've got an amazing relationship and you're earning all the money and you're happy as Larry, then you've got programs that are supporting you and you don't have to do anything. But it's only if you've got a certain aspect of your life that's really not working for you or you're trying to attain a certain level in, in being a footballer or you're trying to get somewhere and you're not attaining it, you keep sabotaging yourself then you have a program that is working against you. And that's when you need to go in and sort of start reprogramming yourself so that you've got the right beliefs and um, emotions and thought patterns that are supporting your growth in, way in, in the area that you want to excel in. All right, okay. So let's, let's, uh, let's bring in a scenario then, hypothetically speaking. Let's say you've got a, a footballer okay. who was, I don't know, grew up in war-torn Yugoslavia um, ended up playing various clubs and now he's in an, on an island where the sun is shining all the time, he's earning good money, he's playing football, he's still happy. But at the same time, they're still having to cope with I don't know, PTSD, I guess. That's, that's, that's the best word or the best phrase or what's the word, acronym I could use to describe it. Um, how do people with PTSD cope with that situation? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step... I'm going to throw in another scenario, if you, if you don't mind okay. me. All right. Yeah. Um, Cyprus was invaded by Turkey in 1974. My mum came over to the UK as a refugee. She lost everything. But there are many people in Cyprus who are still in the same situation. But the youngsters, even though they are educated about what happened in 74, they don't feel it because they weren't there. But their parents do. So, again, that PTSD, yeah. that, that, that stuff that's happened in the past, that's obviously affected them. How do you... How do you put that in a bottle and just shove it to one side? It's, it's, it's almost impossible, isn't it? Yeah, it is. You, you can never not remember things that have happened to you because there's always going to be like, there'll always be a piece of music or you'll see something that's going to trigger you back to the emotions and back to those memories. So you can never not live what you've lived, but you can, it's about refocusing. So if you keep looking at what has been, you're just going to create more of what has been. So you, that's why you have to have a vision. You have to know what you want and where you're going and put all your focus in that direction. Because then the, you, know, you can't unlive it. But what you do is the less you put your focus on something, the emotion, it doesn't have the emotional triggers. People like when they go into therapy or when they're doing certain things, they're always talking about their issues. They're always talking about what's wrong. And that all you're doing is creating more vibration, more momentum of the things you don't want. And that's what people don't understand. You've got to stop talking about what you don't want. It's about, it's the complete opposite. The more you talk about it, you're, all you're doing is making it alive. You're keeping it alive. You're putting more and more focus, more energy into that thing. So you take your attention off that thing and then you focus on what you do want. So what is it that you do want? What's the solution to your problem? What are you trying to create? What are you trying to build? What are you trying to make? And you put all your focus and attention into that thing and, and all the emotions that is going to be, you know, you're going to embed in it of how you'll feel once you're actually living that, that situation. And then over here, it will become less and less and less. But the more you keep factoring in those bits, 
1976, this happened, so it might happen now. Or do you remember when Rodney, this happened to Rodney in 1945? You know, that's the past, it's gone, you can't change it. So you've got to learn to put a, draw a line in the sand, put a divide in there and leave it where it is and then move over here and create what you're creating. The only time you should ever look back is if you've got an emotion or a situation that keeps coming up and coming up and coming up. So say, for instance, you've got, a, I don't know, a relationship or a player and he keeps having the same problems over and over again. Then you would address that issue because that means that he's got something that he's dragging up from his past that's now affecting him in his life today. But otherwise, you would leave it. You just stop talking about it, you know, and you create what you want to create. It's very difficult because the older generation, we have beliefs, and a belief is just a thought that you think about over and over again that becomes hardwired in your brain. So that's how you look at the world. That's you, you know, we don't see the world as it actually is, we see the world as we are. So whatever situations you've experienced in your life, that's how you see everything. So you don't see out of your eyes, you see out of your mind. So it's, you're always looking for points of reference of what you've experienced before. So you just, you keep creating more of the same. That's why it's very important to change the information in your mind and in, you know, in your thoughts and the way you think. Yeah, it's interesting you say that and the whole point about talking, because what, what do you think, or what's the first thing that pops into your mind when, you see an advert on the television about depression and how it's important to talk. You said that if you talk, you're kind of putting all your energy into things that you can't control, things that happened in the past. So <laughs> going back to that question, what, what do you think whenever you hear that, when people are talking about yeah. depression? Well, don't get me wrong. Like, you know, you have to acknowledge your feelings. You have to acknowledge how you feel. But, you know, people with depression and everything else, you know, some people are on depression for years and years and years. And they're, you know, they're taking tablets for years and years and years. And all the young kids that, you know, that are feeling down and everything, it's because they're just stuck and not, no, they, you know, depression really is, we know what we want. Everybody knows what they want in life. They do deep down. You know, if, you, if you're in a job that you don't like, or if you're in a relationship that's not making you happy, you know what you want. You know what the opposite is that you want, but you don't think you can attain it. So you don't think you can have it because of, I've got children, I've got responsibilities, or I've got something. So the depression is, you know what you want, but you don't know how to attain it. So then you go into your mind and you start overthinking things. So it's not about not talking about it. It's important to talk, to express how you're feeling. But then once you've, you, you've got that out there, then it's about moving on. It's about where do you want to go? What do you want in your life? And let's get you over there, you know? So it's about helping you to attain the life that you actually want to attain. So it's, it's no point. We can talk about, you know, what, what's gone wrong and, you know, how your mother said this to you or your father said this or this, this relationship made you feel this or this happened over here. That's great. That's the past. It's happened. Can't change it. So what do you want in your life now? Let's get total clarity and let's help you create that dream and that vision and get you living it so that you're happy. You know? So that's really the end result of what, you, what you're looking for. Okay, I'm going to throw another uh, devil's advocate question here for you because I'm in one of those moods. Um, <laughs> so let's say, for example, you've got a, a footballer that's missed a, a penalty in a previous game against an opponent and then further down the line, they play the same opponent, same goalkeeper in front of them. They've got a penalty again. They stepped up to take it. Now, obviously, the pressure is huge. I'm not saying it's a life or death situation. You know, we, we saw a footballer have a heart attack on the football pitch during the Euros. And for me, the, the true hero was the person that saved his life because they only had one opportunity and they got it right spot on. But when you, you're taking a penalty again, it's a 1v1 situation. The player's looking 
uh, who's up against again. He's he's thinking, shit, I'm facing this guy again. I missed last time. They've only got a split second to make a decision. How do they gather their thoughts? Because in your book, you said we have about 65,000 thoughts a day. Yeah, definitely. Oh. Definitely. But but again, you've got to prepaid. So, you know, it's like you saying, OK, I'm going to go into um i'm going to go and fight david i don't know you're going to go into some tournament and you're totally unprepared so you know you're going into an arena say with uh, a fighter but you haven't prepared for the fight so you're going in basically naked so you prepare before that so before his match before he's going to take that goal you know if he's missed it before and he's, he's playing against the same goalkeeper he's going to have that image in his head he's going to be replaying that whole scenario inside his mind and he's going to have a sequence of thoughts and, and um, feelings that are attached to that so before that next game you're there now going to retrain your mind you're going to start focusing on uh, the penalty that you want to take, you're going to start visualizing it, you're going to start affirming it, you're going to start seeding a whole new outcome, a whole new focus of you actually achieving that goal. So it's all about um, your, when you when you start preparing the brain, you're teaching it before the event. You know, you your brain doesn't know if something's happening, if it's real or if it's not real. So you're going to replay it. You're going to teach it through habit and through repetition, uh, the, the outcome that you want. So you're going to teach it beforehand. So you're prepaving. So when the event comes, he will then go up to that goal, not saying that he might score that goal, but he'll be 99.9% .9 prepared to take that goal and to, to give it his best shot because he's going to be completely focused. He's not going to be thinking about the past. He's going to be completely present and give it his, you know, 100% of what he's got to attain the results he wants. Wonderful. All right, let's talk about the E-word, energy. Now, this is something that I'm a, a firm okay. believer in. You know what they say, what goes around comes around, all that kind of stuff. That That is how I feel. The energy that you put out is going to come back to you, whether it be positive or whether it be negative. And this, this is what I keep saying. Like when I'm doing my videos, I, 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 I try and be as upbeat and as powerful with the, my delivery, with what I'm saying, because I know that it's going to resonate with a lot of people and they will probably feel the same way. And hopefully that energy transfers onto the pitch to the players. This is just my thought process. And people are going to look at me and think, oh, you're talking shit. But you can relate, can't you? Yeah. Every, yeah. Every, everything's energy in life. Everything. You know, like we are, you know, we're not taught that way. But, you know, um, everything's vibration. It's energy. It's frequency. So what you, how you think and how you feel is creating, you know, um, it's like, it's like a, a magnet that you're putting out there. So the thoughts you think, the feelings that you feel, it's putting a vibration out there and you're attracting back to you what you are outputting. It's as simple as that. The good, the bad and the ugly. So you're responsible for all of it, you know, everything. The people that you bring into your life, you attract them. You know, nothing happens just, you know, we have synchronicities, but you bring those people to you because they're on the same vibration as you. If you keep meeting the same relationships, you know, if you keep bumping into the same people, having the same, you know, if you think about it like this, if you think about your past relationships that you've had, most of them have very similar traits. If you think about the girlfriends that you've had, you know, at the beginning, they've all had very similar issues. That's because you haven't changed. You're bringing yourself wherever you go. Same thing as a job. People think they leave a job because they're unhappy. They go to another job. They just find the same boss because they haven't done the vibrational work, first of all. So everything is coming from yourself. So if you want a different result, you have to change what you're outputting. And then you'll change, you'll change what you're actually attracting back into your life. 
So is, is that something what you describe as a, a vibrational signature, like your own, yeah. your own uh, stamp on things, Do you know, like your own yeah. code, so to speak? Yeah, definitely. So like, like I say, you've got to think of yourself as, as like, um, just like a walking battery, basically, you know, we have no comprehension, you know, like if you, if you go to a hypnotist and they, they'll pick up a pen and they hypnotize you, they will say, this is a red hot poker and they can put it on your arm and your arm will blister and burn and, and it will actually bleed. It's just a pen, but it's your mind. So your mind thinks. So your mind is so, so powerful. And, and, and it's really awful that people have no comprehension at the power of their thoughts. Your thoughts create every single thing in your body. Mixed with your emotions, then, you know, you've got to be very careful what you're outputting because that's, that's sickness, disease, that's everything. You know, nothing happens to us. We, you know, we, every illness and every, every virus and everything already lives inside of us. But do we, it's about how we, you know, how we operate this whole system is if we bring it to life or not. You know, it's like if you've got a Ferrari, you wouldn't go and put sort of like crap inside of it. But we do with our own minds and we don't understand that this is a machine. You know, it's a very, very, you know, um, very, very uh, powerful machine that we have. But we haven't been given a manuscript on how to use it. So, yeah, so we just, we constantly live in response. We're always responding to external conditions rather than learning how to master our minds and emotions so that they can work for us and then draw the things that we actually want to experience to us. We don't actually have to go out and get anything. You know, people say you just sit down and, you know, hum and meditate and, and things come to you. Well, actually, they do to a degree. You do have to do action, but you do inspired action so when you are when your mind and your body are in alignment which means that you are focused in a way that that so you're sending out that right signal of what you want to attract then the things will come to you the people will come the synchronicities will happen not the other way so if you're trying to do it out of needing or wanting or desperation because you're unhappy you're sending out a whole different vibration so you're attracting things on that vibration. So do you understand what, I'm, what I mean? So if you're needing a relationship, you're putting out the signal that I need. If you need, that means you haven't got. So you're going to attract more needy people back to you. So it's never going to be a harmonious relationship. You're just attracting people that are broken or unhappy or looking for the same things that you're looking for. But when you're whole and complete, so when you're happy, and then you're happy with yourself and you're in love with your life, and you're you're living a life that you're content with then what you're you're dragging into your life or you're attracting into your life is people on the same vibration as you so you're attracting more happy people back into your life and people on the same wavelength and frequency as you are well this is it and it's it's almost like when you know you say about someone oh i get a bad vibe about them it's, it's a common thing you know when like you see someone you're you're in a pub or you're at a bar for something you know and you see someone maybe you don't like the way that they're dressed or maybe you don't like their demeanor, but you're like, I don't, I, I get a bad vibe. But the thing is, it's no coincidence. It's no coincidence. And yeah. people can say, well, yeah, well, maybe, maybe yeah. it was just uh, one of those things. You get to know them, they end up being a good person. Well, maybe on that day, I just got a bad vibe from them. Maybe because they were, they were bringing off some negative energy. Maybe they had an argument with the doorman. Maybe they had an argument with the person behind the bar or someone stepped on their new trainers and then they were feeling like shit. And they yeah. taken out. This is, this is it. And, yeah, the, the, the other thing which a lot of people watching this will probably think that I'm absolutely crazy, but when I think of energy, I think of the film Matilda, 
that Roald Dahl, yeah, the book. You know that where she was like lifting the 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 chalk and writing on it and all that kind of stuff. I actually I've always felt that that I wouldn't say it's an it's it's a how can I put it? Anyone can do it, but I'm pretty sure there's someone out there that has the ability to maybe move a glass ever so. You know, again, people are gonna think I'm an absolute lunatic for saying these things, but I've, I'm a firm believer. Now, hey, listen, if people can believe in aliens, yeah, do you know what? What we can do is we have no we have no um, no recollection of what we can do. We have we had no idea of the power of what we can do. We've just never been taught that way, and and we and we're never told that because you've got to remember, you know, you don't want to go down the conspiracy theory and things. But people that haven't got the knowledge, they're easy to be controlled, and when people are controlled then they're easy to manipulate. So, you know, we're very, very powerful. We're powerful beyond all recognition. We really are, you know, there's nothing that we cannot be, do or have if you put your mind to it. But the thing it all comes down to is belief. We don't believe it. You know, people say, well, show me someone that's done it and then I'll believe it. But, you know, but you've got to believe it first and then you'll achieve it. You know, it's completely the opposite way around. But yeah, you can move glasses. You can do anything. I mean, if you really believe it, you could walk through a wall because everything's just energy. It's not even it's it's not even hard. It's not real. It's just energy. It's just what we perceived it to be. You know, the, the, the subject really you can go really deep. But you can't go too deep because you'd lose people <laughs> because really, you know, like we're just talking on the surface here so that we don't lose people because really, you know, reality isn't as it really seems it's all perceptional so when you see someone and if someone comes to you that's angry or that you know that are you know speaking badly to you or whatever they're just a, a mirror of yourself really so whoever you meet in life it's just reflecting back to you yourself so you're just seeing parts of yourself in them and parts of what you need to clean up because really the whole of life is about us becoming back whole again, becoming one, becoming back to love, because that's who we are. We are just liquid love. So anything that goes against that will always not feel good to us. But that, that again, that's going off a little bit so people won't actually understand that. You know, there's different layers. The foundation really of what we're talking about tonight is, is about like how can you refocus, take back control of your life, take back control of your emotions and your mind so that you can achieve the things that you want to achieve. And that I would say is by really having awareness of who you are or having awareness of like, you know, how do I think? What emotions am I feeling? What behaviors and actions am I putting my energy behind every single day? So keeping a little journal of, of you, of, of, of how you operate basically, so that you can then get into the operating system and change it. Okay, I want to I want to be the number one goalkeeper in the world or I want to be the number one football player in the world. What thoughts am I going to have to think? What feelings am I going to have to feel? What behaviours and actions am I going to start operating? You know, How would that person feel? And then step into that every single day. So you're recreating that person of who you want to be. So it's like you're training yourself, like going to the gym. You're training your mind and your body to get the results that you want to attain. And you're going to step into that person every single day. When you're when you're in bed in, at nighttime and in the morning, you're going to run through like a like a rehearsal. You know, you're going to see yourself being that person. Because like I say, the brain doesn't know if you're if you're living that experience or if you're not. But what you're doing is you're firing and wiring new 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 chemicals and new neurons into your brain. 
to look like that event has already happened. So eventually you will think that you are that person. That's how it works, you know. You don't have to be that person, but you can just keep tricking yourself that you are that person. And eventually you step into being that person, you embody it. So when you have someone that's say new to this whole positive mind state and um, to try and make their lives better than what it is, because everyone wants to everyone wants to improve on something, you know, whether it be improving on their physique, yeah. improving on their financial status, improving on, you know, being not being that um, the middle child or to, to get some kind of other recognition from. Yeah whatever issues they have it, would you recommend that they diarize things or like you mentioned the journal earlier is it is it wise to have like a diary to kind of write down how you're feeling how do you project all the energy that you have because when i'm feeling like shit i'll go for a walk or i'll go to the gym or i'll just listen to just some upbeat music and then i'm, I'm back into this zone where, where i'm like okay i'm cool but for people that perhaps aren't aware or familiar with coping with certain feelings how how would you what would you recommend them to do yeah well like i say you know the way i look at it you know you have 24 hours every single day to relive your life 24 hours each day is another day to start your life again basically so yeah you have to decide really that every single day you want to feel good because like i said you're just a walking program and sometimes you can be addicted to being depressed you can be addicted to being unhappy you can be addicted to anger because that's your natural state of being you've been that way for so long it's natural for you to be that way do you understand what i mean so you now have to teach your body how to be happy how feeling good feels good because you're so used to waking up and feeling like pissed off, feeling angry, feeling, you know, uh, depressed or looking at the world a certain way. So you're now going to retrain yourself. So, yeah. So first of all, you have to, first of all, I would say like make feeling good the, the most important thing and gratitude. So, you know, it's like you don't want to linger too much in those old emotions. So keep a diary, do a journal of you know, how do I constantly think? How do I constantly feel? Do I blame? Do I complain? Do I get, um, you know, do I get angry? Just so you can see sort of like throughout a 24 hour period, how you actually, you know, how you are coming across. Because when you can see your own patterns, then you can start changing them. So when you can see your program, you can step in and change it. And then you can then start writing down how you do want to think and feel. But, you know, the, one of the number one things that changes everything for people, and I really mean this, it's going to sound really lame, but it's, is gratitude you know writing down 10 things five things a day that you're grateful for because when you are grateful you're actually saying to the universe thank you for something that you haven't actually got but you're saying it as if you've already got it but gratitude can change everything so quickly for people and i really mean that because again as you're saying thank you so i'm i'm grateful for you know it could be simple things so i'm grateful for the, the fact that it's sunny today or i'm grateful for my grandchildren or i'm grateful for um having the ability to wake up and have a cup of tea in the morning whatever it is you're grateful for just think of five things every day that you can be grateful for because that's building a momentum it's changing your vibration and that's what it's all about it's about changing your vibration and when you're feeling bad like you said have some things that you can put uh, you can have in place like go for a walk listen to uplifting music um do some dancing you know go have a bath or go go for a swim go for a bike ride whatever you find that lifts your feelings up and makes you feel good 
do it. So that's what it's about. It's about you now changing your state of being and you pre-paving it. So instead of waiting for yourself to feel bad, you're training yourself every day how to feel good. And that becomes infectious, you know, feeling happy and feeling good become it's just as infectious as being depressed and feeling negative. You just don't practice it every day. That's all. Well, this is it because I mean, I can, I've noticed from some of our players' Instagram posts and their stories and all that, that obviously last night's result wasn't what they wanted. It, it was quite a disappointing result given how well that they played. And um, just, just trawling through some of their stories, you know, this morning and this afternoon, you could tell that they were despondent. You could tell that it hurt them. And, you know, I've, I've always said, you know, you guys always put in 110, 120%. They, they, I, I've never once turned around in the past year and a half, I've been doing these, these stories to say, this one didn't put in an effort, this one didn't, because they always give it their all. And I think because they're so heavily scrutinized and granted it's, it's, it's the, the nature of the beast, so to speak, but they're so heavily scrutinized that I think yeah. fans who are obviously invested emotionally in the club and, and, and the players, yeah naturally they're going to be critical but the thing is that they're overcritical. and for me I've always said I've got no yeah. problems with with fans and supporters being critical be it with me because I've been over positive uh, sometimes um yeah or, or even to the players but what I've always said to, to to the fans is listen just cut them some slack they're human after all yeah they're human yeah. They, they, they might be demigods to you guys but they're human yeah yeah yeah, exactly. And, and do you know what? It's like it, it, everyone puts so much pressure on people. I know it's, you know, it's a game at the end of the day. I know people are passionate, but like you said, as long as people are putting in 100%, what more can you want? You know, like you said, you just got to, you, you know, we focus so much on what went wrong rather on the solutions about next time. What can we do next time to make it better? How can we become better next time? But we always keep focusing on, oh, you missed a goal, you missed a penalty. But, you know, like you said, we're human beings. As long as you tried 100%, that's all you can do. And then you'd be proud of yourself for the effort you put in. Give yourself a pat on the back for even getting to that stage and playing that game. And then look forward about, like, you know, what, what strategies and tactics can you now employ to make you even better next time? You know, how can you make yourself more resilient? How can you focus even more on getting the results you want, you know? But like you said, any game that you play, it's a 50-50. You're either going to win or you're going to lose. And... The players and the support, you know, the supporters need to back the players because, again, you know, you've got to think about it. They're, they're doing it the wrong way around because if you keep sort of like putting negative energy in and saying that, oh, you know, sort of like running them down, all you're doing is putting the wrong vibration over to them. But if you keep telling them, you know, they're amazing, you've done an absolutely fantastic job, we're really proud of you guys, you know, then they're going to go out wanting to do better next time. It's like anything in life, you know, look at the England players, you know, the, the three guys that missed the penalties. You know, they tried the hardest that they could. What more can they expect? But everybody was like, you know, talking about them like they've done something so terribly wrong. But if they, you know, the pressure being there as well, they're young kids. They're young kids that are giving it their best, you know. And again, through practice and through sort of like doing something, you know, a few times and, you know, going to these events, you, you build up confidence as well. So it's about, you know, being patient with people and, and loving them, supporting them. And then they'll, they'll play to the maximum you know, potential. Absolutely. And you know, credit to our supporters, because it's, it's, not, it's not loads of them. It's, it's, a, it's a minority of them that are, that are quite 
divisive and, and toxic and very critical. You know, that the club has always said that the supporters, you know, they're, they're like the 12th player. You know, they, they get behind the players and it's... <laughs> It's a, it's a remarkable thing because I, I, I'm a strong I'm like I say I'm a strong believer that if you get behind a team you get behind your players they're going to appreciate it and it's not just about you know having a good relationship with the players it's about them being part of a family and one of our players is a, is a good friend of mine Matt, Matt yeah. Arbisher when he left the club they did an interview with him and and the guy said to him what does this club mean to you and he goes family it's like a family because everyone place for each other everyone looks after each other and that's effectively how it should be a united front and recently it's a siege mentality because everyone wants to beat us no one likes us so we stick together and we we pull through and i think yesterday's result as disappointing as it was and people have been saying to me oh you know it's, it's done and dusted now we're playing them again next week we need to reverse two goals and, and we need to score three to go through for me it's like well i believe in these players I believe in them, not because I'm on, on talking yeah. terms with them. I believe in them because last season we had similar similar pressure and now they've learnt from last season and they can bounce back. I, I, I'm I not one of these people I say it's done, unless until it's done and dusted, that's what I'm going to say, it's done and dusted. Yeah. yeah. And environment is everything. You know, I don't care what anyone says. You know, when I used to work as a teacher years ago, you know, the kids that come in and they were diagnosed with ADHD or they were dumb or they were never going to succeed. You know, let's just drop all the labels and stuff. You know, for me, I'm telling you for a fact, of all the fact, hundreds of people I've worked with throughout the years and all the people that I've seen that have done really good in this world, all they want is love and support. You make them feel special. You put 100% into them as in, like, not keep beating them up, but keep telling them they're, they're, they're the best and they can do the best. And that, you know, regardless if they win or, or whatever, you're there for them, you know. It, environment is king for everybody. You're in a healthy environment and you're in an environment that helps people to grow and see the best inside of them, you're going to get the best out of them. And that's the fact. That's, it. that's if you're in relationships or if you're at work or anything else. Everybody wants to feel good. Everyone wants to be, feel good about themselves and have someone that believes in them. Now, most of the people I work with, they've never had parents that believe in them or anyone that's told them that they're amazing or they can do good. You work with some of these people that are broken, they can do anything. And you know, I've worked with people with nothing and then they become pilots or, you know, that they're, they're homeless and then they're off the streets because all they want is someone to believe in them. That's all it is, you know? So like you say, give them, give them positive energy and really help them to really focus on what they want in, in their lives as well. And, and they, can, they can achieve anything. That football team can achieve anything. You know, they really can. Mm. And I, I agree. You know, I, was, I was talking to one of the players last season. He, he doesn't play for us anymore. He left in the summer. Um, but it was after one game where we lost and he messaged me screenshots of all these fans giving him abuse. And I said to him, you wait, until the, you wait at the end of the season when we, when we win the, the league, everyone's going to start turning and they're going to start saying all these positive things. And lo and behold... When the when the club had the when when we won the title, they had a, they had a, they had a big party at the training ground. There was thousands upon thousands of people, and the players were having focus. No one went up to him and, and gave him the stick that he got a few months prior to that. But this is what I'm talking about: a lot of divisive people, a lot of toxic people, and a lot of impatient people. And that's a, that's another quick subject I like to to touch on because you've given me almost an hour of your time, and I really appreciate it because I know you're you're a busy woman. Um, okay. But um, yeah, I'm so, okay. <laughs> fantastic. So. Um, Patience, obviously, you know, the, 
we're all impatient in one way or the other, whether it be, you know, our kids taking too long in the bathroom first thing in the morning and you have to take them to school or whether you planted something and it's taking forever to grow, et cetera, et cetera. Patience that, you know, they say it's a virtue. The way I see it is that everything is a process and I can relate this to football where you get a new manager, you've got a new technical director, you've got new coaching staff, you've got a new analysis team, you've got new players. Everything needs time to gel, to, to fit together like a puzzle. However, when you've got outside influences, like be it the media, whether it be supporters, people with no patience, I expect things to happen, not now, but yesterday, like Amazon Prime, bring it now. Yeah. It's got to be done yeah. now. Yeah. Um, how, do you, what, 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 yeah. what kind of techniques or what advice would you give people who perhaps do have that lack of patience? And, and what, what would you say to them? How would you, do you cope with that kind of stuff? Do you just tell them to, be patient for fuck's sake and slap him across the head. I don't know. <laughs> but you've got to think about, you know, a lot of people that go to these football events and, you know, they're angry people. It's not really anything to do with the football. They're just angry people. They're, they've got anger inside of them. And oh, don't just, generalize. Like, Come on, on. That's not fair. <laughs> No, but it, but it's true. Like you know, it's true. Like a lot of people have got stuff inside of them that they use an event to 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 really to vent their anger, to vent how they're feeling about things. But really, like you know, if, if you if you really want the result you're going to get, you have to come together and become united. You know, like and make sure you got the right pieces of the puzzle in because you know you can have a team that all that you know everybody has to be pulling in the same direction because if you've got one person that's not fitting in and gelling in that that you know in that that loop it's never going to work you've all got to be you've all got to have the same vision you all have to have, want the same outcome and then that's it and then you you start plodding on so the the even the supporters you know if you want to get the results for your team if you want to see them get into number one and get in the goals you've got to come behind them and support them and stop giving them aggro leave the players alone because you're actually making them be, you're going to make them worse you're going to make them play worse so if you want the best out of that team and start supporting them and give them, you know, positive, you know, positive um, coping skills, give them positive energy with them, you know. So it's very important. But that's, that's an individual thing. You know, really, like, we can't control anything external to us. We can't control what people say about us, how they feel about us. But we can control ourselves. And that's what it's all about. And that's what my work is all about. It's like, you know, the external conditions really don't matter. You can you can put a blinkers on. You can put a blind on as long as you learn self-mastery. Because when you learn to master yourself, you don't care what anybody's saying outside of yourself because you've got full control of what you're listening to and where you're putting your focus. And that's what life's all about. It's about mastering yourself. So the external doesn't matter what's happening and also then when you are when you learn to master yourself a lot of the external will it will change because again it's all a vibrational thing so if you're letting people get to you you can actually attract more negativity towards you as well so it's about creating a really positive vibration around you having a total clear focus on where you're going and keep you know really focusing in that direction and knowing who you are you know if you know who you are like you like you you know like i'm not saying you're a badass but you know you're confident you, you, I'm not, believe me, I'm a pussycat. You know what cat. you want, you know where you're going in life, and you know what you... <laughs> That's not what I've heard. But, you know, you, you know what you want in life. This is a conversation you know, we're going to have to have off the air. Thank you very much. <laughs> we'll have that one in a minute. But it's all about knowing who you are, because 
you know, if you if you have low self esteem and if you ha don't have confidence and if you don't love yourself, it's very easy to let people get in there with their little triggers, you know, and chip 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 in your brain, put those little seeds in there. But when you're confident and when you're powerful, when you're self reliant, when you love yourself and you know who you are, no one's going to break you. You don't give a damn what anyone says about you because you're too focused on where you're going in your life. You know, look at Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know, when he was training, he wanted to be the best in the world. He didn't care what everybody was saying to him, you're never going to make it, you're a dreamer. He knew where he was going and he fixated on it until he became the best in the world, number one, you know. So that's what it's all about. It's about training your mind, training your emotions so you don't keep responding to anything external to you. Everyone could be saying you're a piece of shit or you're crap or whatever around you. You're not listening to them because in your head, you're number one, you've already won already. So that's what life's all about. It's not about the external. It's about controlling and changing the internal so the external works for you. you know? and, you just, and we're here to live a joyful life. So let's take the pressure off ourselves. All of life is supposed to be joyful. So we're here, we only have one life. So let's make it a joyful event rather than making it heavy and you know, something that's that's depressing. And who wants to live a life like that? Just wake up every day and be happy and, and enjoy your life. Well, this is it. Because we've got social media, you know, your Facebooks, your Instagrams, we're always looking at what other people are doing. And it's not like by choice because you 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 open the app and then you, you see all these photographs so well you do have a choice you cannot have the app you cannot use it yeah. really but i think because yeah back you know back in the day it would be like your mum talks to the next door neighbor and the neighbor talks to this one and this one did that and this one said this and this one said that blah blah blah, blah. whereas now you've got social media so people airing their dirty laundry on facebook yeah. people putting but the thing is it's what i tell people i mean there's, there's a friend of mine i'm not going to mention her name but she's very focused on how other people live their lives. And I'm like, well, how do you know that yeah. they're happy? Well, I've seen the photographs on, on Instagram. I says, let me tell you something. Instagram is a platform which you can show people how, what you want them to know. Do you know what I'm saying? You can tell them, you can tell a story. Yeah, exactly. Because you're in yeah. control. You're not going to put up yeah. photographs of you feeling like shit or, you know, your, your cat died. Well, unless you're that kind of person, I don't yeah. know. But... You know, you're not going to show people all the bad things unless you want that kind of attention. It's always going to be, oh, look, yeah. I went to see this concert. I met this famous person. I bought this this pair of clothes, yeah. this, pair, this pair of shoes. I, it's always you're always controlling the narrative. And I think yeah. the problem that we have. These exactly. Days, no, it's a problem that we have personally. Yeah, totally. I think I think you're one you're 100 percent right, because, you know, I work with people as well. And they always, they vote, you know, they come and see me and they're like, I'm so depressed, why? Well, look at, you know, Johnny over there, he's got four kids, he's got a yacht, he's always traveling, they, they live in the most amazing house. And I'm like, well, I actually know Johnny, he's a, he's a manic depressive, <laughs> he hates his wife, his kids are little shits. So, you know, like you said, it, it's all perception. Every single thing in life is perceptional. You know, you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. You know, it, we live our life always looking at through the lens of like what so-and-so is doing and so-and-so is doing. They're, they're, they're living crap lives. I'm telling you, the majority of people on Instagram and Facebook, like you said, they put what they want people to think. But behind the scenes, they're living just the same lives as anyone else. You know, I'd say there's 10% they're actually really happy. 
So, but, but again, why are we looking at anyone else? You know, like your business ends at the end of your nose. So if you, if you like, I don't go on social media ever to check anyone's stuff out, ever, ever, ever. I go on to put my work on and I come off. I don't watch the TV. I don't read the newspapers, not because I'm ignorant. I don't want to be programmed with all the rubbish that's around the world. I want to choose the world I live in, you know? So why go on Instagram or Facebook Fill your mind with stuff where it's making you feel less than because somebody looks like they're doing really well in the world and they're going on holidays and they've got money. And then you then get depressed because you're thinking, well, my life's not changing. My life's a piece of crap. Why would you do that to yourself? You're causing yourself the pain and suffering. No one else is. So turn it off. Just just get off it, you know, but we're nosy. You know, mm. we should call it nosebook, really, because everyone <laughs> is so nosy into other people's business, you know? Yeah. But if you if you invested the amount of time in yourself that you do in other people's business, you'd be you'd be so happy. Yeah, <laughs> you exactly. Really would. Exactly. But like I said, it's it's all about you know uh, controlling the narrative, and you you show people what you want them to know about you. That's that's the main thing. Whether it be holidays, Definitely. whether it be a new car, but no one actually says, well, how which method did they use to get this car? Was it are they are they hiring it? Have they bought it outright? Have they yeah. stolen it? You, you, you don't know. But who cares? You, you, shouldn't, you yeah. shouldn't focus on what other people are doing. You just need to focus on yourself because, you know, it's like I said to my daughter, like she, she talks about her friends. I've got this and I've got that. I says, well, listen, let me tell you something. Is this one paying for your for your clothes? Is this one paying your you know your your, your mortgage? Or, okay, not obviously her mortgage, but mine, so so to speak. So don't worry about what other people are doing. Yeah. Unless they're putting food on your plate, then don't give a shit about anyone else. But yeah. there's, there's one more subject I, I want to touch on. Um, and obviously the whole world has been going yeah. through this at the moment. COVID, you know, uh, millions of people dying, um, people not able to see relatives, uh, not able to attend funerals, not able to, to, to see, you know, their, their grandchildren or new kids being born, et cetera, et cetera. The whole grieving process, how... How how would someone cope with losing a relative? I mean, we like I said, we've all got our own mechanisms. But what would you recommend doing the first? What's the first thing that you would say if someone's saying, oh, "I've lost my, my mum," for example? What's the first thing you would say apart from, "Okay, I'm, I'm sorry for your loss," this and that? But what, what would you say to them to to start that process of grieving? Yeah, see, it's a really difficult one for me because I've got I've got a completely different. Um, belief system about this whole COVID, about life and death. So it's very, very hard for me, which I'm not going to get into now. But, um, you know, there's no such thing as death, to be honest, either. It's just a, a changing form. You know, my mum died uh, sort of like, well, I think it's coming up to eight, ten months now. And um, it was really difficult. I was really blessed that I was able to have the time with her because of COVID. They wouldn't allow her to go into hospital. And she had something quite minor. But being with her every day, holding her, being able to really sort of like just build some memories, really. So when she passed, it really helped me to realise, you know, as much as it was a sadness, it really made me realise just how fragile life is. It really did. Like, you know, no, nobody leaves us. That's what we have to understand. You know, we're taught that there's life and death. There's not. There's just a change. It's just a change of form. But people are always with us. Everything is energy. So nobody leaves. They're still with us. But you never connect with people in your grief. You only connect with them when you're thinking of them in love. So when you like close your eyes and you think about them, you're, it's like they're still with you. You know, I'm closer to my mom now than I am. I mean, we're, we were like that. But I feel like she's not died. I can't even cry because I don't feel like she's left me. You know, she's still with me. 
So all I would say is, think about what did, what did they teach you? You know, what did you learn from them? Because life is, is a lesson. You know, we're here to, to, to really learn stuff about life and about, you know, it, it's so short. We think we've got forever and we haven't. We, 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 we might not even wake up tomorrow. So what did their life resemble to you? You know, what can you, what can you get out of it that they taught you about life? And what can you now use as a gift to help you move forward? So, you know, for me, my mum really taught me that, well, like, don't live a life that you don't want to you know, live. Be really truthful to yourself. What is it that brings you the ultimate joy? Because, you know, for me, like, I don't want to live, like, in the olden days, you were taught to stay in the situations, even if you was unhappy. But, like, why? You know, like, what do you really want? Do it. Stop making excuses. And, you know, you were talking about earlier about the change as well. You know, it's why people always mess up is because they try and dive in and make massive changes in their life it doesn't work if you want to lose weight or you want to sort of like get fitter just add something into your life so add an apple walk to the nearest lamppost don't go too big you know like so he's talking about sorrow you know think about all the lovely memories you had think about all the things that you've done together and if you don't have any you can actually make them up you know our minds we can we can make we can change any situation that didn't work for us by going back and rewriting it how we want it it's as simple as that you know there's things that you can do but you can actually go into the operating system you can create an event that wasn't you it wasn't how you wanted it to be you can go back and rewrite it so it does it, it sort of corresponds with what you do want it to be you know so all that's, I'm what, saying that's is, what dementia is it, effectively it, it, isn't this it COVID and, you know this pandemic and yeah it is. It is definitely. But it's about like, for me, it's about being grateful. Again, gratitude, being really grateful for the life that you had with them, for the light, you know, for the time that you had with them. And if you had a really turbulent time with them, you know, and, and things weren't right with you and you never got that time to fix things or to go back and say things that you, you wanted to say say them now write a letter write them a letter script it because it's just all about getting it out you know but at the end of the day like just be really grateful for having them in your life and for for you know for the life that they lived and don't sort of like mourn them you know in this country we we spend our lives mourning everything where in the states they rejoice uh, life is supposed to be a rejoiceful thing you know and they most funerals that they, they make it a joyful occasion because life is a joyful occasion and that's what we need to do. It's about rejoicing that we have them in our life and that, you know, we had the ability to love them, you know, and that's it. You know, we've got to learn to let that go and move on, you know, and like you say, um, I, I like to think of it as well. Like if my mom's watching me, uh, which she is, then how can I make her proud? What can I do that I know that she would have liked to have done in her life and then live life to the max? So that's what I would do. That'd be the greatest expression that I could ever do for her as her daughter is live my life to the max and that's it. And, and the thing is, I think because... It's getting a bit you know, dark in here. Can you still see me? Yeah, just about, just about. You're, you're, you're glowing. There you go. There she is. Um, so I think, <laughs> I think because we, you know, as, as I mentioned earlier, we, we've got social media so we've got telephones that have got cameras yeah. and um, we're lucky we, we have these amazing tools where we can create memories and, and keep them, you know, and um, with my grandmother, when she, yeah. before she passed, um, she was early stages of dementia and was out in Cyprus. And I'll never forget this. She would, she would remember a story that happened 50, 60, 70 years ago 
or she won't know what happened the day before. But as I used to quiz her, I was like, tell me about this, tell me about that. And I record it on my phone. So when I went back to England, I sent them to my mum, she's my mum's mum. And then when my, my nan died a year later, my mum still got those on her iPad. And I was, I was around there the other day and I'm like, do you remember this story? She goes, what story? I said, play this, this voice note that I saved on your, on your iPad. And she was like, oh my God, I can't remember. I don't remember you putting this. I'm like, it's here. There's about 15 voice notes. So oh. she sat there listening to them. And yeah, yeah. She, she got all teary-eyed and whatnot. But yeah. it was stories that she remembered being told when she was a kid. Yeah. Like I said, we're, we're lucky we've got these, you know, this technology where we can talk yeah. to our relatives and, and film them and, and do an Instagram live with them and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Because 30 years, 20 years ago, we didn't, we didn't have this. It. Didn't yeah. have it. So and, and there's no greater, yeah, and there's no greater memory than the memories you carry in your heart. You know, there really isn't. Like, you know, everything that we have, we don't need pictures, really, as well. Like, we've got memories. Our, our, our minds can remember things. So you just have to close your eyes, put your hands on your heart, and breathe. And that person's right there, right there in your head. You know, so you're, you're, they're still with you. You know, and um, you're so right. You know, one thing that I'd say is like, you know, everybody's trying to change the world, or they're always trying to save a uh, save I don't know the dolphins or some project in the world or fighting this or fighting that you know we've got people in our own families that people don't even care about we've got old people like you know like my father my mother passed we've, I've got my dad you know he's on his own now you know like we have to think about let's bring it back to our own homes as well let's like love the people that are in our own families because there's old people that are lonely and that don't see anyone from morning to night or even people that aren't in our families and we haven't got any people in our families there's old people on their own go and visit them just go and sit next to them have a chat with them you know like we've got to stop thinking just about ourselves and that's another thing I'd say if you have depression or if you have anxiety or if you have any form of like you keep feeling low go and and devote your life to somebody else because when you make other people feel better you feel better because sometimes when it's all about you you're all you're doing is focusing about you and what you need you're miserable but when you make your life about how can I make somebody else's life better today you feel amazing so like say go and give to other people it really lifts you up 100% and, and in Cyprus they got these these coffee shops they call them gafenia where it's traditionally old people old men that go there they say sit and they play tavli which is like this board game with dice and all that and um you know the, the younger generation might ride their bikes and go past them and they completely don't acknowledge them because this is what this is the culture like the, the old people go to the gafenia they sit there they have their coffees they have their conversations but I tell you what you know, to sit there and listen to the conversations that these people have to talk about their past, to talk about how they grew up, it's it it blows your mind. And listen, I'm I'm 40, so when I was 20, I didn't give a shit. You yeah. Know what I'm saying? You, you when you're young, you don't care, but yeah. then as you get older, you think shit. Like I wish, I wish I could ask those questions. Yeah. You know, when I, when I hear I've got friends whose whose grandparents are still alive and they were in the Second World War, I'm like ask them fucking questions. Yeah. Because these are I know. things that it's, it's unbelievable. And I, again, I think yeah. it's because we take each other for granted. Yeah, we do. We take family, and it's and it's it's, yeah. it's sad. But you know, the, again, I think that's a, like you said, it's a subconscious thing. You don't yeah. realize you're doing it. No, you don't. It's too late. Yeah, and you get so wrapped up in your own life as well. You know, like I love talking to old people. And now, I mean, I, I love talking to people anyway, but I love talking to old people. And the other day I met an old lady and I always ask them the same things. If you could go back, looking back, what is the one thing you regret or you wish you could change? 
And they'll always say to me like, oh, I just really wish that I would have lived the life that I wanted to live. And I'm like, what do you mean by that? Well, I wish I hadn't stayed with my husband or I wish That's I would have traveled. Yeah, it's the regret. So, but you know, I had this funny story. I met this uh, this little old man last week and uh, he must have been in his 90s. And he was walking along the road and I always like saying hello to them. How are you doing? In case they haven't spoke to anyone. So I said, hey, I said, how are you doing today? He goes, great. He goes, can I ask you a favor? So I said, yeah, of course. He goes, you know, today's World Kissing Day. I said, never knew that at all. <laughs> <laughs> he said, can I, give you a, can I give you a kiss? I was like, oh, uh, okay then. So he gave me a little kiss on the cheek. I thought, you know what? It's made his day. What does it matter? You know? But it's like you said, sometimes we just got to think about what other people... So he might not have spoken to anyone for two weeks, you know? Like the little old lady that I sat next to, she said she had no family around her. Her husband died. Her children live in Australia. So let's just make the time for people because it makes them feel good, you know? So like you said, we're just, we're so self-centered. Everybody's worrying about themselves. And then when you talk to people, it's like, well, I don't have the time. I'm like, well, you've got the time to go down the pub. You've got the time to phone, you know, I don't know, Doris and talk about hair rollers or shopping for 10 hours. Everyone's got time if you, if you want to make the time. It's like you said, it's if you can be bothered or not. But the conversations you have, they're, they're mind blowing. You know, you can learn so much about yourself and about life as well. So... Out of curiosity, how long ago did that old man stick it on you? <laughs> You're going to tell me now when World Kissing Day was on, aren't you? <laughs> I think it was about, was it a, a fortnight ago? Was it about a fortnight? Was it World Kissing Day? 6th of July, mate. So it was, what are we now? Oh, there you go. See, he was telling ah, the truth. Ah. You are, see? So, <laughs> but but, but that, that, that chat-up line only works once a year. So he's got to wait another year to do it. Uh, <laughs> hey, smart guy. He knows he what he's doing. He in the streets. Yeah, he was looking out for me. <laughs> no, he's looking he thinks, to every woman he saw, you know? <laughs> and I was feeling, spe- I was feeling special. To be <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, broke your heart there, mate. Sorry. Well, Mimi, listen, it's been absolutely fantastic talking to you. This is your book. We've got two to give away and you've kindly signed as well. So we've got two to give away. We're going to do a, a giveaway on Instagram. See, we can just about make it out. I've got a couple of journals I've thrown as well. So if anyone wants a journal, I'll send you a couple of journals oh, as well. Okay, show off. Look at this one. <laughs> you know, I only, only gave you an interview. I just need to promote your journals as well, you know, mate. <laughs> Opportunist, it's all right. It's all good. No, I, I, honestly, if you, if you want, if you um, it, promote your website, is there anything that you want to tell our, our, our viewers how they can get in contact with you, anything they'd like to promote. And I know you'd like to go to Cyprus and do this kind of stuff anyway. So I would. Yes. I'd love it. I'd love to go to Cyprus. So yeah, any opportunities, if you want me to come and motivate your footballers, I'm there for you. I'm your girl. You <laughs> I'll even wear the T-shirt. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, website is um, uh, London. Sorry, I forgot my own website then. And if anybody wants to follow me on Instagram, it's actually Myriad. So it's a bit hard one, but it's M-Y-R-I-A-D-1-1. So that's is that your where... your real name? Oh my gosh, I knew you was going to ask me that. Yeah, it is. I don't use my real name because it's Spanish. And for some reason, my parents gave me the most weirdest real name. So it's very listen, long. Listen, you're talking to a man who supports a club in Cyprus. So we've got two Spanish players. Thank you Have very you? much. Yes. Have you? So two what are their names? Because I bet they're just normal names compared there's to mine. A, there's Jordi Gomez. Oh, okay. And there's uh, uh, Hector Juster. Mm, okay, I'll tell you mine then, okay? You ready? 
Okay. Are you prepared? Yes. Okay. It's Myriad Linda Angeles Sansare, which means 10,000 beautiful angels and morning stars. So now you can see why I stick with Mimi. <laughs> the, the, the English translation is shorter than the Spanish. <laughs> I know I couldn't I couldn't get but my that, mouth that is some that. surname though that is some yeah. that is a banging surname so yeah well that's done. not a surname that's my name that's your that's name what, yeah yeah that's, that's not even my name. surname that's my name and the surname so, is just bland yeah yeah like, well yeah it was that was a married name I'm not married right, anymore okay. but yeah so yeah bland but before that it was oh. Fritch so could you imagine when I was at school Mirid Linda Angela Santore Fritch I'm like Mimi so much easier yeah <laughs> Wow, and I thought my surname was long. Jeez. Okay, right. So that's it for another episode of the No Chofters podcast on the OLB. Like I said, like, subscribe, tell your nunna. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast. You can Thank see you my so much. Out of the so until next time, Kobenya. Bye.